Hey, I'm, I'm glad to be with you this morning. We had a great epic uh, winter camp, and uh, the kids, yeah, kids and teens, phenomenal job. But I got to give a shout out to our staff, all of our volunteers that were there. There were 63 totally in attendance at this winter camp. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal time with God. And you're going to hear more things next week. Uh, you get a, the the video that is uh, that is put together, and you get a get a chance to get a kind of glimpse into that. Um, isn't it good to see? Uh, Pastor Trinity and Pastor Brian back with us again. We're so proud of them. Uh, after being gone on, on a parental leave for a little while with their fourth child. But I, I got to give a shout out to um, um, Anthony and to Tasha for w- all that they've done the last several weeks and, and leading us in worship. Bravo, bravo to you guys. Amen, for sure. Praise the Lord. You ever wonder why? We're a church that wants to talk about the things that are uncomfortable to talk about. And so we want to, we want to talk a little bit about this subject of, do you ever wonder why? And I'm trying to address a question in this series um, that maybe you've wondered. And if you haven't wondered, mm, I bet you have. Let me start with this statement. Prayer can be powerful, but it can be confusing. In fact, when you look at the words of Jesus, uh, he says something in John chapter 14. I want to start there this morning. John chapter 14. Uh, is it okay with y'all if we just go all over God's word today? I think it's going to be good. John chapter 14, verse number 13. This builds my faith, but it also confuses me at the same time. And I know that God is not the author of confusion, so we got to unpack this a little bit and understand. Jesus said these words. He says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And I'm like, that builds my faith. But have you ever prayed for something? Have you really prayed for, interceded for something, and you knew God could do it, and, and, and you thought God would do it, but he didn't do it? And you ask yourself, well, did I do something wrong? Am I doing, is God not listening? Maybe is he a little mad at me? Is, is what's, does he not care about this situation? What's going on? And so today's why question is, why didn't or why doesn't God answer my prayer? We're going to talk about that. So Father, we need your help with this. We want to understand. We want to glean understanding. We want to walk by faith, not by sight. So we ask that you lead us and guide us into all truth and all righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's start with this statement. In our very self-centered culture, we like everything to be about us. I mean, after all, the world really does rotate the, 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 the planet's orbit around, around us. But when you look at the story, the whole story of the Bible, we have to understand that you are not the main character. I am, I am not the main character in this. God is the main character, and we need to embrace that and understand that the reality is God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve and to glorify God. And, and when we recognize that, it really helps us to understand the purpose and the meaning behind why it is that we pray. Just pray about it. Well, what does that mean? Just talk to God about it. Well, okay, but nothing seems to be changing. Nothing, there's some, doesn't seem to be happening in my life. Well, let's define right now what the purpose of prayer is not so that we can understand what the purpose of prayer is. The purpose of prayer is not 
to get God to do our will. Whoa, didn't we just read in the scripture that you ask anything in my name and I'll do it? Well, 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 he is not a puppet on our strings. He is not at our beck and call. The purpose of prayer is to know God so that we can do his will. He is an intimate and a relational God. We serve him, he does not serve us. In, in other words, he is not a drive-through God where you pull up at God in the box and you, you hit the button and you, you place your, I've got a need, and you place your order and, and an angel comes up, my pleasure, I, here's whatever you ask for. That's not how God works. God is not a button to be pushed, but a relationship to be pursued. Therefore, the purpose of prayer is not to get God to do our will, but the purpose of prayer is for us to get to know him and be conformed into his image and to his likeness and to do his will. Now, we read this verse in John chapter 14, and it's a little, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. An important thing for us to understand as followers of Jesus Christ, let me just hit the pause button for a second. And um, I wrote a book many, in 98, it was like second, second, 1998, so like my second second little book that I wrote, and it was called, I don't know why I named it this, but The Complete Guide to Studying the Bible, and it was all of like 60 pages. It can't be a complete guide to studying the Bible in 60 pages, but the whole focus of this little booklet that I wrote was, was to help us understand that when you study God's Word, you cannot take one verse or one concept or one scripture, you're taking it out of context. We never build our theology our, our understanding, our belief system in who God is and what God does based upon one verse that's plucked out of the Bible. Now, it's important to have life verses and stand on God's word, but to stand on the truth of God's word. What we want to do is we want to understand God's word. Let me help you with this for a second. Y'all good? Yes? When you read God's word, try to look at it and what is the context in which it is being said? In other words, who's Who's writing this? To whom is this person writing this? What are the bigger kind of historical ideas going on at the time? Scripture interprets scripture. Man does not interpret scripture. So we have this one verse on prayer, and if you ask anything in my name and I will do it, okay, well, I've got some questions about this, God. And God says, good. Why don't you lean into that and figure that out a little bit? So we're going to look at some other verses in his word on prayer. We're going to look at what Paul said in his letters and his epistles that he wrote. We're going to look at what Jesus said in the Gospels. We're going to look at what the psalmist said and what it says in the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at even some of the Old Testament literature, the, the history books that are there for us. You might be going, what? I don't have that time will help you unpack it. It's important that iron sharpens iron. We, we lean into this. You get into a group. You get into a relationship. You talk about God's word. But when we do that, we begin to see the total narrative of what God is trying to say to us under the umbrella of his goodness to us. And that's how we interpret scripture. So when we're dealing with this weighty issue of, of prayer, um, why some people walk away from their faith. I prayed for my grandma. She died. I, I prayed for my best friend, but he still took his life. I prayed for whatever, and God didn't answer my prayer. Why didn't? Why doesn't God answer my prayer? And I would like to tell you um, emphatically, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer 
to the question, it's above my pay grade to know why God doesn't answer your prayers, certainly the way that you want to. I don't know specifically why he's not answered your prayer yet, but what I can do is I can give you at least four possible reasons why God has not done what you've asked him to do. And this could possibly sting a little bit. Are y'all shaking it off and getting ready for this? If you want to know why maybe God hasn't answered your prayer or given you, I mean, it says, I'll do anything. If you ask in my name, I'll do it. We're going to let the Bible speak. Let the Bible interpret the Bible this morning. Why didn't God answer your prayer? Number one, maybe you have a broken relationship that's hindering your intimacy with God. Maybe you have a broken relationship that's hindering your intimacy with God. Therefore, he's not answering your prayer. Let me try to explain it to you this way. In Mark's gospel, chapter 11, Jesus, you can turn there, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was trying to give them a lesson on the subject of faith. And he says, you know, if you have faith, um, you can, he says something crazy, like you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and it must get up and go, it must obey you. Jesus is explaining to us the concept of if you don't doubt, you can ask whatever you want me to do. Then he goes on to say, which we leave off sometimes in Mark chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. We tend to stop there. Then there's that three-letter word, and. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. To me, it seems like Jesus Christ is speaking to us and saying to us that our relationships with other people matter when we pray to God, which makes a little bit of sense to me as a dad. We raised four daughters and we adopted three sons. We had a big, chaotic, crazy household of, of a bunch of hoodlums in our house, right? Uh, you understand? We, and, and here's what would happen. Inevitably, one of the children would scream bloody murder as they would be fighting with each other. Ah, you know, all that stuff. And then in just a little while later, it seemed like just a few seconds later, but just a little while later, they may ask, can we have a friend spend the night? Hooah. No, right? The answer is no. Can we go to a movie? Uh, no, you cannot go to a movie. Can we stay up late? Well, no, it's not going to happen. Why? Because you're fighting. You are my children whom I love. You're in my house. And, and I'm not going to give you what you're asking for when you're not doing what I tell you to do. And I'm glad you're asking Papa, Daddy, oh, what did we tell you? What did you tell us to do? Well, I really need you to value each other and to love each other because that's what we do in our family. Then you will get what you ask for in this house. And as a dad, I can kind of understand what Jesus is teaching us. Maybe Jesus is implying that your relationships with other people matter and impact your relationship with God. Why are your prayers being hindered? Maybe it's because 
You don't have a healthy relationship with somebody. You got odd, you got unforgiveness, you got struggles. And if it's, if it's upon you, do something about it. What did I say? Scripture interprets scripture. I'll give you another example. Matthew, turn back a little bit. Matthew chapter five. Here in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about giving your gift. And he says in verse 23 and 24, therefore, if you were offering your gift to the altar, and there remember your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus, I think, is, is confirming to us that our relationships with other people could impact our relationship with God. If that's not enough, fellas, get ready. We're fixing to get you here. Let's turn in the Bible to the book of First Peter, chapter three, verse number seven, as God gets all up in our business. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Seems like God is saying to us again, if Bible interprets Bible, scripture interprets scripture, that your relationships, the lack of health in your relationships could impact the effectiveness of your prayer life. So why did God not answer your prayer? Why is he not answering your prayer? Perhaps, it's not an indictment, but perhaps you have a broken relationship that could be impacting your intimacy with God. Or number two, maybe, you've got the wrong motives. It's not uncommon to see people pray self-centered prayers with wrong motives. Brian did a great job up here without ever coordinating this, this uh, message today, talking to us about the Lord's prayer. And, and the, God will take your prayers whether you got good motives or bad motives. He wants relationship with you and we're on this journey with him. The Pharisees, though, did this all the time. You read about in the Gospels, as Brian alluded to. They go in their flowing robes and their long tassels, and they stand on the corners, and they pray these long, elaborate prayers, not because they really love God, but because they love the applause of people. Oh, you're so spiritual when you pray. Maybe when you're praying, maybe you're praying, God bless my finances, but you have absolutely no desire or inclination to be honest and loyal and faithful to God in your tithing. You're not being generous and you expect God to be. Maybe God healed my body, but you have no plans on changing the way you eat or how you exercise or the amount of sleep you're gonna get. Maybe you're saying, God, help my family, help my children. And God hears those, those cries, but you're not prioritizing church as a part of your family. God, God, my kids need rescued. But you know, we're gonna take off the next six weeks for softball, but, but you know God do it. Amen. You, you're like, Troy, you're picking on me. I don't know that I'm picking on you. Maybe, maybe, just maybe we have the wrong motives. There's such a long laundry list. You're like, yeah, I'm pointing one finger at you. I could be pointing three right back at me, right? Hallelujah. Number three, maybe we just don't believe that God will actually do it. This is a tough one as we lean into it just for a second. Maybe Mark, let Mark chapter nine, let's turn there. Mark's gospel will let the scripture speak to us this morning. It's quite a story here. In Mark chapter nine, we're gonna begin reading at verse number 14. And typically we read this story as it relates to healing when they came to the other uh, when they came to the other disciples they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them <laughs> there's a bickering going on in the group 
As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. Well, the man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever he, it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. Now I need you to dial in the next few verses. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. But you know, it's a crapshoot, Jesus, but if you can do something, would you mind, I don't know, doing something for my boy? And Jesus responds, he said, if, if you can, um, everything is possible for one who believes. Now, I want you to notice, I love this father's honesty in the next verse or so, okay? He's just totally like raw and honest like we should be. Um, immediately, the boy fa boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, sort of. <laughs> help, me, help me overcome, help me over. We like the eloquency of that, but I do believe, kind of. Kind of a little bit, right? And that's, that's us. Isn't that us? Do you see yourself in the story? I mean, I, I believe, but I... Uh, help my unbelief. When Jesus, when Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit, your deaf, mute spirit. He said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. Take a hold of that too. Ne that's a whole other message there. And never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet as he stood up. After Jesus, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, the disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive this, this out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. And some, some translations say, and by, by fasting, by prayer and by fasting. Praise the Lord. As, as your under-shepherd, uh, many of you, um, and one of your pastors, I've, I've walked with Jesus, I feel like a long time, a majority of my life, considering I wasn't raised in a Christian home at all, that's a good thing. But there are moments when my, my faith is weaker than other moments. Please hear me when I say, I really have seen God do miracles. We really have legitimately seen people healed of cancer. We legitimately have in this room prayed for people and, and many other places too. People who could not conceive that would not have a baby have had babies and they're healthy. We have seen God miraculously, I mean, provide for us and for you. It's just like how it, it had to be God. We've seen God take people nobody thought could ever change. I mean, nobody thought could be different. Nobody thought would ever be sober. Nobody thought would ever be healed or whole. And God completely transformed their lives. 
What we need to understand is that our faith really does matter to God. Your faith matters. At Hebrews, turn to the book of Hebrews, if you would, please. Just, just, just one verse in the book of, of Hebrews. And chapter 11. I know the screen always beats me, but I'll win on the Bible speed contest one day. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith honors God. In fact, over and over again, over and over again, scripture repeats itself, according to your what? According to your faith, may it be done unto you. What, um, your faith matters. Three quick examples. There's a woman with the issue of bleeding and she touched the hem of the garment of, of Jesus and Jesus, your faith has healed you. There was this immoral woman who knelt down and worshiped Jesus and she anointed him with oil or, or perfume and poured it on him. And he said, your faith has saved you. There was this two blind men that Jesus encountered. Heal us, heal us. And Jesus said, do you believe that I can? Yes, we believe that you can. Then according to your faith, may it be done unto you. And their sight was restored. Your faith matters Amen. to God. Amen. So you might say, well, Troy, my, rela my, my relationships are pretty good. I mean, I've got that crazy Uncle Eddie, but who doesn't have one of those in their family, right? I, I, my motives, my, my motives are right. My motives really are pure. And I really do have faith. But God still hasn't answered my prayer. Why didn't God answer my prayer? Maybe it's because God has something different in store for you. Maybe it's because, uh, if we could put that point up for me, please. Um, maybe it's because God has something different in store. Now that's the hard one. Because we, we know what we need. We, we know what we want. As much as you want it, and as right as you think it is, or, 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 or as right as you think God would think it is, maybe God has something different. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's about a bunch of other people. God is using your story to help the people around you. Scripture, the Paul, the Apostle Paul. We've all heard of Paul's thorn in his flesh. And we've talked about this many times. Some people say, scholars might say it's an eye problem. Maybe he had cataracts or glaucoma really bad, but he didn't have very good eyesight. Some people say maybe it was malaria off from all of his travels, or maybe he had migraine headaches or even epilepsy because you know, he didn't have eloquent speech. So maybe, maybe he had a speech disability. We don't know what the thorn was. I mean, some people say it was a person. How many of y'all know that a person can be a thorn in your flesh, right? Because he even said, you know, that Alex, the coppersmith, did me a great deal of harm. So maybe Alex, you know, you're a nut job and maybe you're the thorn. Um, and you made it in Bible, by the way, Alex. Way to go, buddy, right? Um, we don't know what the thorn was, but we know that three times Paul prayed. This isn't like breakfast and lunch and supper. That he prayed, oh God, take it away, take it away, take it away. We're talking about three seasons, extended seasons of prayer that Paul pleaded with God. Something like this. Would you take this away? I've seen you do miracles. I know that you can do this. God, this is slowing me down. It's hurting me, whatever it is. It's tormenting me day and night. Please, God, 
I know that you can take it away. This is Paul. I mean, this, this is a guy that preached the gospel for 30 years in every major city in the Mediterranean basin. He was a great missionary. This is Paul, the one who encountered the risen Jesus Christ and served him faithfully, enduring an incredible high price, shipwrecked and beaten and stoned and imprisoned. This is Paul that wrote a third or more of the New Testament. And he prayed and he begged and he pleaded. I believe that Paul's relationships were probably good as far as it depended upon him. I believe that Paul's motives were pure. I believe that his faith was strong. And yet God did not take it away from him. Listen to the words of Paul as recorded in the message version of the Bible. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he told me my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Maybe you have a broken relationship that is hindering your intimacy with God. Maybe you've got the wrong motives. You need to check that. Maybe you don't believe God's actually capable or willing to do it. And you need your faith built. And just be honest, help my unbelief, just like the dude did in the Bible. Maybe God has something different in store for you. Here's what I know. As I was writing this, I thought, well, at this point in the message, if I was sitting in the audience, I'd be going, well, gee whiz. It's got to be so complicated. You got to have your relationships right. You got to have your motives right. I mean, you, you got you to um, make sure that you're having enough faith. Why bother praying? We have to understand the purpose of prayer is not to get God to do what we want Him to do. The purpose of prayer is to get to know God intimately so that we can do His will. Guys, this is like one of those phrases we say in church that people just like, right on, That's a, give me a good little pastoral tap on the head. Good job, Troy. Way to go. Good message, preacher. But then, God, do what I want you to do. Maybe we need to look at this a little bit deeper. So if you're wondering, why didn't God answer? Why doesn't God answer my prayer? Keep on praying. Just keep on praying because the ultimate purpose of prayer is not to get God to do what we want him to do, but it's for us to be conformed into his image, into his will. So when you pray, believe that he will. And if he doesn't, still believe. Don't stop believing. Keep on believing. Even if he, keep on believing. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God, we honor you today with our faith, 
Lord, we ask that in this moment in time with all of our questions and all of the power answered prayers and all of the confusion of the unanswered prayers, we ask God that you would build our faith. With heads bowed and eyes closed, please honor God, no one looking around. Wherever you are in your prayer journey, if you say, God, I'd like to be even more connected with you in prayer, then would you just lift up your hands right now and say, God, I want to be more connected with you in prayer. You must increase and I must decrease. Less of me and more of you, mighty God. I don't know what your need is today, friend. I don't know what you came in here struggling with. I don't know what desires you have in your heart. I don't know what struggles you're experiencing. I don't know what family issues you've got. I don't know what sort of pain you've got in your body or in somebody that you love is experiencing in theirs. I don't know what lack of direction you have or lack of resources you have. I don't know what's going on in your marriage. I don't know how your children are behaving. I don't know if you've got severed, broken down relationships. I don't know if your job is going well or if it's going poorly. I don't know what you're experiencing now, but God does. He has never lost his control, his love, his strength, his presence in your life. We would be remiss if we came to church and we didn't pray about our needs, about what's going on in our life. And so we have strategically put a few minutes here at the end of the gathering today that I've asked the worship team to come and they're gonna just lead a song in worship. And I would like for you to get up in just a moment and make your way to this altar. Remember, we are an altar-friendly church because we're willing to be altered by our great and mighty God. And so when you come to the altars today, I want you to check yourself before you wreck yourself. I want you to look at it and say, God, do I have any relationships that I need to make sure that I cover under the blood that I deal with? God, are my motives, are my motives, are they pure? Are my, am I, am I, do I have enough faith, God? And am I willing to trust that not my will, but your will be done? Because I'm pretty sure Jesus, as he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, had a better idea than going to the cross. But God said, no, I got a better plan in mind. You got to face this giant and I'm going to be with you every single step of the way. So if you've got a need in your life, then we want to help you. We want to see God do miraculous things. We talk about people getting healed. We talk about people being delivered. We talk about in the past. I don't want to live in the past. The past is the rearview mirror. Man, I want to see God do miracles today. I want to see God do healings today. I want to see Him deliver you today. I want to see God empower you today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of the Lord. I believe that there is an end time revival that is starting to spark as we read about it at some of the seminaries across the nation. I believe that God is doing something in the last few seconds of time and I want to be involved. I want to be connected. I want to be right there with my God. So if you've got a need in your life, let's see what God will do today. Let's pray. Let's pray. As the worship team begins to worship, would you stand to your feet right now, wherever you're at? Come on now, stand to your feet. Do not leave this atmosphere. Let God do something in your life. Come to these altars. We'll pray for you. I'm going to invite every pastor, every elder in the church, that unless you need to pray at the altars, come and pray for somebody right now. But let's come. Come on, church. Come on. We're not hesitating. This is not a junior high dance. Get on down here. Let's come down here and let's pray together. Thank you, God. Mighty God. This is how we fight our battles. This is how.
how we do it. This is how we do it. We're to see God deliver, see God empower, see God strengthen, see Him revive, see Him help us, see Him do it. Mighty God. Jesus, we're fighting our battle. We are trusting you, God. Great and mighty things. Good God. Mighty God. Holy God. Yes, Lord. Do a work, we pray. This is how we fight our battles. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Come on now. Come on now. Yes, God. This is how. This is how. This is how, God. Mighty God. Yes, God. Jesus, we press in. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. We're fighting the battle right now in prayer. Hallelujah, Jesus. Your truth, I know I 
I just got to tell you, I feel the Spirit of God directing us. And if you can, do it. If you can't, don't. But here's what I believe. How we fight our battles sometimes can really get into us. And it's a pump up, motivational, inspirational type of a song. Uh, But we're not doing it. God is doing it. What we're doing is we're trusting. And so the only way that we possess power is through surrender. And that is not the Western American soldier kind of focus, right? We don't surrender to get power. We stand victoriously. And there are times you stand, but when you have these issues that are really weighing you down and the pressures and pains and disappointments of life, man, the way you fight your battle, yeah, is down on your knees. So I'm gonna challenge us right now. We're gonna sing this through again. If you're physically able, would you kneel before God? and lift your hands to him today and say this this is how i fight my battle god it's you and it is not me come on now jesus yes god
this way before or certainly not in a long time you realize I don't I don't really have a relationship with God but I feel him stirring and doing something inside of me he's chasing after you he's pursuing you and he wants you to enter into a relationship with him not through joining a church although that'd be good for you not not through any act certainly nothing you can pay there's nothing you can do he simply wants you to love him back because you can't do anything to make him love you more we call that salvation you put your hope and trust in Jesus and in Jesus alone not as one of other gods but the God if you'd like to put your hope and your faith and your trust in Jesus you simply need to pray a prayer repentance asking him to forgive you and come into your heart Maybe you've been running away from him. You used to know him, but you've turned your back on him. You're sad about that. Would you like to come back to know God today? Again, just pray a simple prayer with us. Keep your eyes closed for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you've, if you've fallen, if you've slipped, if you've retreated on your relationship and your walk with God and you're ready to come back to him today afresh and anew and you say, God, this is it. It's a turning point in my life give it all to you when I count to three on number three I'd like you to put your hand up and we're just simply gonna pray together won't embarrass you won't do that one two three put it up yes 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 man I see your hands God sees your hands God knows you he loves you he knows what you've done, where you've been, what you said, and He's never stopped loving you. Just pray this prayer. God, forgive me of all my sins. 
come into my heart change my life I want to be new I ask you to help me deliver me and heal me strengthen me God I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior and I will serve him all the days of my life in Jesus name amen and amen there is a celebration going on in the heavenlies today. Come on. There is a celebration going on in the heavenlies today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise the Lord. If you can get up without cramping, go ahead and get up. Have a seat. I want to say to Ashley before you go, Ashley, right here, Ashley Gaspar, one of our um, has been one of our interns and she's a nursing student and I was so proud of her I've known Ashley since she was in the fourth grade and um, she did her first wedding last night in Castro Valley and did a phenomenal job officiating that wedding I gotta tell you I got saved at the wedding last night I'm telling you I see this that's fall I'm so proud of you Ashley and I'm proud of your parents I'm proud of you yes I also want to say to those of you that give your heart to the Lord, last week we had water baptism in celebration of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm sorry, I got confused. Last week was Super Bowl Sunday and we had uh, water baptism. Um, we had people come up to us after the, after the gathering and say they want to be baptized in water, but they want to make sure their families could be here. So next Sunday we're having another water baptism uh, here, here at the gathering. If, if, if you've given your heart to Jesus, or let me just even say it this way. Some preachers avoid the subject. Maybe I'm not going to. Or if you came back to Jesus, you want to reaffirm. Yes. You want to say publicly, I'm, this is it. There is no turning back. And I, I challenge you to go to that little table where Michelle is standing in the back corner, that little round table. There's a sign-up sheet. Put your name on it. Or you can go to New Life CA dot church slash baptism and you can register online but I want you to register because I want to contact you this week or one of our team members will we'll invite you to a brief 15 minute orientation we'll tell you what to bring with you but I think you should I think you should do this it's a new season it's a new day follow the Lord in water baptism and of course I'll remind you seniors that are going on our senior spring trip um, please stick around why don't we just meet right here in this section about five minutes after the gathering ends I am so blessed to do what I get to do with people that I really do love. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest and may he give you peace. God bless you, New Life Church. Have a great Sunday afternoon. Y'all are dismissed. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.